Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations at Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sennheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to... Snow the goalie. 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 Welcome in to the Press Row Show, the number one rated pregame intermission and postgame show. Not a lot to talk about today. The Flyers are playing the Canadiens. The show hasn't been embroiled in any kind of controversy. Um, Anthony Sanfilippo wrote a story, as you may have read, about Carson Wentz and about how the Eagles locker That wasn't you. No, that was somebody else with a long Italian yeah. name. Yeah, that's like typecasting, you know? Happened to me before. Yeah, here we are. Welcome into the show. When they mixed up me and Saravalli. You and ah. Michael Layton got mad at something that I wrote and blames Frank Saravalli for it. I like the fact that somebody uh, notices that we're almost matching. We did not plan this. Yeah, no, and they're actually two different colors. Yeah. It just doesn't come across that way on the screen. Yeah. I got more of a green. Uh, look, Bundy is going to join us during the, um, the first intermission. We want to address a couple of things off the top of the show. And then we're going to get into tonight's game. Yeah. And as part of the addressing things, I am going to note that we had a very interesting show a couple nights ago. A couple of clips of the show went uh, farther and wider than I think any of us expected to. I saw quotes used from our show uh, on The Athletic. I saw it on OutKick, Awful Announcing. I saw it on Yard Bark or a bunch of other sites. Pardon my take talked about it today or yesterday or something. And I think that there is a bit of, I'm not going to say things are taken out of context. People can go back and watch things and listen to things however they want. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts. And it's on YouTube and it's on Facebook and it's on X. But you came on the show after the Flyers executed a trade for Jamie Drysdale, uh, who is going to be on the ice tonight, wearing number nine on Pride Night. And... You talked about Kevin Hayes and about Kevin Hayes's potential um, influence on Cutter Gauthier and how he may or may not have soured on this team. Now, when we talked about it in the moment, we walked away from it. We came back to it and took a look at the people that had talked to you and had sent things your way. And Bundy and I and you guys went on Crossing Broadcast today to talk about this. Um, I think people took it as you saying that Kevin Hayes was responsible, 100% that he held Cutter Gauthier's hand. Kind of like um, a few years ago, the Dallas Mavericks did that with uh, DeAndre Jordan. They like held him almost hostage in his house when free agency hit. So I want to give you the floor here first to address if that's what your intention was. And like I mentioned, you were on another show this morning and you kind of broke this down, but I want to give you the floor before we uh, get into this game against the yeah. Montreal Canadiens. And that's fine. And so, you know, one of the questions that they asked me on Crossing Broadcast today was, do I stand behind my report? I'm going to look you right in the eyes and the camera and tell everybody I do stand behind my report. Nothing about my report changes. 
nothing uh, would I would not say anything is different about anything that I wrote or anything that I have said. Um, what I will say is is that exactly what you just brought up, Russ, and I talked about this earlier, is that the the idea was is that I think it was taken to the point where it was like I said that Kevin Hayes was you know holding Cutter Gauthier's hand, walking him through this entire process with this devious little sneer and rubbing his hands together. <laughs> You're not going to sign with the Flyers. That's not at all what the suggestion was. In fact, and why he probably reacted the way he did is because he didn't think of it as being some kind of intentional um, guidance on his part to Cutter Gauthier. There are multiple things that kind of, that came into play here. That, that was the first one that I had heard. Obviously, there were others that came out yep. over the course of the 24 hours after the trade happened. Um, that included, included, you know, some kind of salary situation. That included Cutter wanting to be on the Flyers roster. Uh, Being upset that he spot, wasn't guaranteed that he a wasn't spot on guaranteed the team. Guaranteed it. Like so, a number of things that came into play there, and and all true, all true. But the reality of the, of the situation is when Cutter Gauthier was drafted. One of the first people that the Flyers asked to talk to Cutter Gauthier was Kevin Hayes. He's a veteran in the NHL. He was a leader on the on the team as a, one of the alternate captains the season before. Um, went to Boston College. So there was an obvious connection yeah. that you're going to want to have there. And so he kind of befriended the Flyers' draft pick. They took him golfing. Um, you know, Gauthier said several times afterwards, you know, hey, he's he's awesome. He's kind of like a mentor to me. Nice to have nice, him in the contacts, nice be like, able to call yeah, on him whenever I want, all that. And so, of course, it was all wine and roses at that point. Yes. Over the course of the year, um, things kind of change. And that they, they change because Kevin Hayes and John Tortorella don't really see eye to eye. I defended Kevin Hayes, if you recall, several, I did not, several times. Did, yes. I did in his dealings with Tortorella. I thought that Tortorella was a little unfair to him. Hayes did times. take the high road a few times. He did. He didn't go on the public. I mean, he could have made things very ugly. He was publicly humiliated to some extent yeah. by John Tortorella. Yes. And, 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 and I think that the because I don't want to spend the entire pregame no, no, on no, this. But, I'm but go ahead. everybody is human. And Kevin Hayes is human. Yeah. And when you ha work for a boss, and that boss doesn't treat you with as much respect as you think you deserve, and you talk to people who either work with you or Correct. who are affiliated with you, chances are at some point you're going to blow off some steam. You're going to say some things. I mean, guys, and this is something that we talked about with Bundy on Crossing Brook. And I would I would tell everybody who's watching, you know, after the you know after the game tonight. Go to the Crossing Broad YouTube page. Check out that interview Bundy and I did yeah. uh, with Crossing Broadcast because Bundy had some great stuff to say in there mm -hmm. as well. But Bundy, you know, confirms it. That, you know, guys talk all the time. You know, in the league, if you're coming to a new city or you're about to play for a coach or something, guys will reach out to other players and be like, hey, you know, what's it like playing for that guy? What's it like playing there? What's it like living there? Is it good for families if they have kids or whatever the case might be? All those conversations, they all happen. Let's not forget Tory Krug in the offseason. Yeah. The trade that, that almost materialized but then didn't. There were questions about, you know, what were the influences that led to Tory Krug ultimately not wanting to waive his no-movement clause to come here? Like, there are a bunch of things, and that's fine, and that's how this thing works. Yeah, and so, so and so that's really what, and that's really you know what, what you're saying. And so when I say his fingerprints were all over this, well, they were because he was communicating with the kid up until the time, the last time that Cutter Gauthier spoke to the Flyers, yeah. which was 
May. I, May, after he had been pu- May uh, publicly of humiliated by the coach. That's right. So, so when it comes out in January of 24, and Kevin Hayes is stunned to hear his name mentioned, yeah. of course he's going to say, I, I wasn't talking to the kid. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. What kind of stupid report is that? Well, of course he wasn't talking to him now. But did he talk to him back then? Yes. That's the thing. And so that you know, and we made everybody made it out to be such a big deal, and it's not really that big of a deal. Well, you can also have the argument that like things are kind of tangential. That if you roll in the same circles, even if you don't directly say to the person like, "Hey, I I didn't like playing for this coach," or "I think the organization didn't back me up the way they should have," that's all gonna it, it's all gonna trickle. These players right. talk. Bundy did a really good job, I think, explaining that on Crossing Broadcast earlier today. I'd encourage people to go check and, it out and, and, and as a former player to express. Like when he played for Hitchcock, I won't put those comments. Maybe we'll we'll put them on the, the YouTube channel. But about like when he played for Hitchcock, he did not like playing for Ken Hitchcock. There were times that if you had asked him for his honest opinion, yeah. he said he wouldn't have been able to like give a glowing review of the coach, right? Right. It happens. Like all of this, right. I think a lot of this, it it went and it kind of boomed and it boomed and it boomed. And I and I will say that I think that the Spit and Chicklets guys, who we know are part of, you know, they're 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 pals with Kevin Hayes. They went and they kind of cherry-picked a little bit. They used their platform. They did their thing. You didn't back down. We didn't back down. Crossing Broad in their coverage of it didn't back down. Uh, I'm still waiting for them to send you the link after they after they offered it up. I'm still waiting for them to send the link and have you on to, uh, to talk about this. <laughs> but uh, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Um, but I think that that's no, no, about where we need to go. And, and the one other thing, there's two. Well, there's, well, there's, two, there's two. one thing I want to do address with it really quick. Oh no, but I know where you're going to go. But okay, I, I just want real fast, and then I'll let you do that. What you're yeah. going to say is, um, you know, and, and Bunny and I talked about this as well. But I want you to say it too, since you were here as well. So you know, we find out all at the same time that this is happening yes. the other night. Okay, we, I got a text message and we shared it, and then you know, I start getting messages to say, look into the the, the Hayes thing. And I don't want to give out because you know we, you know, I yeah, always yeah, will protect yeah. my sources, right? I yeah. never will say who the sources are. But as soon as like, as one of the, one of them came through, yeah. While we were sitting here, the three of us were yep. sitting here, and both you and during Bund- the period, during the first you, period, and you and Bundy got to see it. Yep. Like, it's legit, right? Yep. Okay. All right. So I mean, that's that's all I just want to say. It's not like again, it's the not, thing, so, so the notion that I is, would make anything and, up. And there's one other thing is kind of silly. When you presented it. You presented it as someone in the organization has intimated this. You didn't say, I, Anthony Sanfilippo, know beyond a reasonable doubt. I have the smoking gun. I have the text. I have the phone call. (laughs) You said someone in the organization. And again, some people, some of these other platforms, they kind of ran with it as something a little bit different. Whatever, it happens. Now, I will say, there's one thing that we haven't addressed that I've seen some people tweet weird stuff at us. I've seen people send very strange messages on the Facebook yeah. page and on Instagram. If you're one of the people who allegedly sent a death threat or a mocking message to Kevin Hayes about the untimely passing of his brother, which was horrible and happened while Kevin Hayes was a member of this team, there was something fundamentally wrong with you. And if you get pleasure or enjoyment out of doing something like that, correct, that is a you problem. And under no circumstances did we encourage anyone, one, to reach out, to tweet at, to, I don't know, like, go after the guy on Instagram about, like... Ridiculous. About having contact with Cutter Goche. We did not do that. We did not encourage that. And furthermore, anybody who is messed up enough to send a death threat or to send something that is, in any way, shape, or form, the kind of things that Kevin Hayes alleged people were doing on social media, that's reprehensible. It is. We don't condone that. And I think the reason we didn't 
really address it is because the people who know us and who know this show and have followed it for years and know that there's integrity here, otherwise we wouldn't be doing this show here. Right. Uh, they didn't have any issues or qualms. There were some odd people who have since reached out with like three followers with like a random profile picture. And I mean, you can continue to send those messages, I guess, but I will tell you that like, it doesn't affect us. I will tell you it's that terrible. again, the people who do that kind of thing, it doesn't just happen with sports. Uh, it, it happens across all kinds of entertainment. You know me, I'm the yep. big pro wrestling guy. And those people, those journalists, those writers, they get death threats all the time. Not trying to marginalize, just saying. There are a lot of messed up people who, who misuse and I think abuse the access they have to professional athletes, to writers, to everybody. Yep. And they use it in a negative way. And again, we don't condone that. We don't uh, agree with the, the use. And I just wanted to make sure that we clarified that. Yep. Not that we had to, but just for fun. Now, for sure. Say, and one, one last thing I, that I have on this, and then we can move on. Um, you know, I know a lot of people questioned. There was a, a story that was written in The Athletic um, yes. by my good friend Jeremy Rutherford, uh, who's a fantastic uh, journalist. He reached out to me. We had a good 20-minute uh, conversation. Um, he writes about the Blues. He writes about the Blues, covers the Blues. And, and you know, and, and uh, he had to write. His editors asked him to write that story. And there was a no comment from me in there. And there's two reasons that there's a no comment from me in that story. One, I'm a writer. I'm a journalist. I'm not the story. The story was about Cutter Gauthier. The story he was writing was about Kevin Hayes. Yes, it was from my report, but I am not the story, so therefore I do not get quoted. Um, secondly, he's going to put one sentence in from me. Yep. And and I don't think that that does justice uh, as far as an explanation or a conversation. I will always come on this show and be open and honest with people. If you want me on your show to talk about it, I did radio on WIP yesterday. I did crossing broadcast. I'm going on radio in Winnipeg. If anybody else wants me to go on, I'm happy to go on and discuss it. At least it gives me the platform to talk about it at, uh, at length. And not have it and not, and not have it distilled down to one sentence. One sentence that, at the bottom of a story. Which so is that, not ideal. Which is why I gave a no comment. Yep. All right, so now that we've addressed that, hopefully that's, I don't know, suffice. Hopefully if there's anybody who had questions out there, that will handle it. By all means, if you have a question, a comment, a concern, you want to tell Ant that he's a, well, one of the things that he was called by Kevin Hayes, uh, by all means, we are up here outside the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook. You take the elevator at section 121 or 221. Come have a chat with Ant. I had nothing to do with any of this. I'm a great person, and everybody <laughs> knows that. I'm an absolute delight and a joy to have on the show. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers walk away from this game, a game that just would not mercifully end. It's finally <laughs> over in the shootout. The Flyers win 3-2. Welcome in to the Press Row Show, the number one rated pregame, intermission, and postgame show this side of the Mississippi. Bundy, um, we do have things to get into tonight, post-game, but that game just would not end. No, it was like, <laughs> you're right, Russ. Like the carnival ride, you just kept going around and around and around and around. Yeah, it, it, and, and again, it was, it was, both goalies played pretty well after the start. Like, Ursan really settled in, didn't give up another goal. And, um, and then Primo, uh, my old teammate's son, you know, and, yep. and a local product as yep. well. Uh, he had a great night. He really played well. He, he did. He had 39 shots against and uh, uh, lost in the shootout. Just giving up one goal, but he had a he was terrific tonight. And uh, I'm always a fan of the local guy, you know. That, yeah, for that's sure. Doing that. So, um, yeah, but it was it was not a it wasn't a great like there wasn't a lot of flow to it tonight. Like I thought that um, uh, I thought the game was 
kind of sloppy, and it, it happens. I mean, it's like January, February hockey. Everybody's kind of getting getting geared up now, but at yep. the same time, I don't I don't think it was a really great hockey on display. But the Flyers did find a way to come back from being down two nothing, and found a way to beat. I, I thought kind of a average Montreal team tonight. They didn't they they didn't get a lot of shots on net, and they went 65 minutes. And uh, 65 minutes, and that's all. That's what it took to, uh, you know, to get 19 shots. So there wasn't a whole lot there. Uh, but the Flyers finding a way, staying with it. I really, I, I, you know, I can't say enough good things about uh, Jamie Drysdale tonight in his, his first Fantastic. game. Fantastic. Yeah, he was really, really good. Like, and, and you know, that's op- I'm so optimistic about that. You know, like I, such an appreciation for a young guy who can skate like that. And has yep. good poise. He had some chances in overtime too. Oh, yeah. Um, this was a good win. The Make fl- no mistake, and it's a huge two points for the Flyers. It was funny because the the overtime, right, is so much about skill, right? And and we know Montreal's not a good team. This Flyers team, not the most skilled team. Drysdale arguably played some of his best hockey in that overtime he period. Did. Well, more space for a good skater. Exactly. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's yeah. lethal. That The fun thing about it is when you start to kind of think about what this thing could look like down the road, right, as the rebuild continues and as you add good pieces and more skilled pieces, it's so easy to forget what a differentiating factor legitimate skill and skating can be in the extra period. I I mean, yeah, to add that kind of layer of, you know, a guy that can find the loot. I mean, he created two chances just himself in the overtime. The great pass to Frost, where Frost came in, almost uh, had a good chance to score with a couple minutes left, and then he had his own opportunity where he kind of used his speed wide and very, very, uh, very, very eloquent skater. Yeah, this seems to be the word of the night. Eloquent. 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 Uh, but you know what? It, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. This was a f- not a beautiful game. No, but a fun win uh, because it was another great crowd down here tonight. It was. It was. Fans were into it. It's Montreal. It was always a. You know, that's probably the, the team that, uh, you know, has had so many victories. They're like the New York Yankees in a lot of ways of the sport. And, uh, you know, it's always nice to beat the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, who are, you know, the self-righteous owners of hockey in Canada. Yep. Oui, oui. Oui, absolument. Absolument. Everybody, yeah. good job tonight, guys. Good win. Uh, big, well, we got yeah. a big, big got line. Got a Canadians, Canadians family right here. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. You know what? You can't win them all. Yep. Can't win them all. But you're still happy to come out to the game. You know, that's yeah. a it's a paying fan from Montreal, and uh, that's right. We thank his. Uh, we thank his. Uh, Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. Thanks for the two points, and uh, we'll catch mm-hmm. you. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, um, there there were a few people who uh, put in predictions. Nobody got the prediction exactly right. I will say, Drysdale. I said to Ant, I, I wanted more than anything for Drysdale to score or to get on the score sheet there in overtime to get make the, the two-point prophecy come to life. You know how I am with Ant? I always enjoy getting to hold something over his head. There was a chance. He, he as you mentioned, generated two legitimate chances there in overtime. He did. What did you see out of his playmaking? We talked about the skating throughout regulation. What did you see about his playmaking um, that, that fans should be excited about Good going forward? Good first pass. That's always the one thing you want to see from a defenseman is how does he get how does he move the puck? How does he pass the puck in stride? And he does a really good job of it. You know, it's funny, I was talking to John LeClaire, and, and as we said earlier, uh, it was in the third period, and I said, I went up to Johnny and and said, you know, he reminds me a lot of as I said, someone mentioned it earlier about Paul Coffey. Mm-hmm. And John LeClaire's answer was, Well, I hope he's better in the D zone than Paul Coffey. <laughs> 
That's a that's a guy we played with. Yeah, we got we got like the thirty eight year old version of Paul Coffey where yeah, like defense was not yeah. a priority at that point yep. in his career. But uh, his skating does remind me because what Coff would do so well is he'd take off and then he'd find a way to glide. And yeah. then he'd pick up speed by by kind of cutting in on the ice and, and I think this kid does that. I, I I'm not looking for a world beater in the zone, like but I'm looking for someone that just competes hard, makes a good pass out and and that's not too much to ask, really. It's not. Like, people say, oh, there's certain things guys do well. You know what? Making a good, quick play out of the zone and jumping up in the play is, is doesn't seem like it's asking a lot of a guy that's got this kind of skill. I like this point by Linda Joseph over on YouTube. Don't forget, the show is available on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, slash X. And then, of course, after the fact, we do the post-game show. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Google Podcasts. Linda Joseph says, Urson doesn't get scared out. Uh, doesn't get scared in these shootouts. It's great to see. He looks composed. He he was he was very good again tonight. Yep. Uh, he was you know and again just think the two goals went in on two shots, and he didn't allow another one the rest of the way. They were in the first period. Did not allow another goal. Now Montreal didn't have a ton of ten bell chances. They had a couple, but again you know Urson the ability for him mentally to respond and rebound from a rough start would not wasn't necessarily his fault I think speaks volumes about him it'll be it'll be you know you're getting into the point now of the season with this win here tonight where you you know you've, you've got again a little bit of cushion and instead not a lot but a little bit and it'll yeah. be very very interesting to see what torts does with the back-to-back I believe that's a back-to-back if I'm not mistaken on uh, the, Friday Saturday there's another thing that we have to get into here and and you know we're kind of trending a little bit positive here because they had a win but there are people who are asking in the comments section about Bobby Brink. I will admit I was surprised to see Bobby Brink in the shootout. I don't know if that's just the coach trying to put him in a position to get some kind of confidence. It's not happening in the run of play. So then you say, all right, maybe in the shootout he, he pots one and it ends up being kind of like a, a liftoff point for him going forward. It didn't happen tonight. Were you surprised that, that he was one of the three shooters that Brink was one of those guys that Torts decided to ro- to go with tonight. You know what? I think he's probably got a laundry list of about eight guys that he could probably pluck the three names out of. And and again, it it you might have a guy one night that things are going the way they are, and then the next night they're totally different. You know, with mm-hmm. the shooters and, and what you believe. So, um, I don't know. I uh, you know I again we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna be crunched here by uh, players coming back in. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not obviously not Danny or Jonesy, but I would. I'd be willing to bet that it'd be Brink that might have to go down. Yeah. I I do. I mean, I don't know. Like you know, again, and that'll be an opportunity for him to to be better. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking logistically. What makes sense? What are you allowed to do? Um, be, you know, to make it as easy on your team as possible. It might mm-hmm. it might be Bobby Brink that would end, will end up going down. We'll see because yeah. Cates has got to come back, uh, and when he does, they're going to have to relieve a player, and they're going to have to find room for him. Mike Biglin uh, says, "Not trying to slag, not trying to slag him, as this Northeastern alum loves Caden Primo. But why do we make goalies look like Brodeur incarnate?" I don't know. You know what? Everybody's got a plan, Russ, with the shootouts. Like everybody's different. Everybody's got like a forte move they want to go to, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Uh, what drives me nuts with the shootout, though, is when a guy doesn't even get a shot off. Yeah. Like, I, I hate that. Like, if you're getting in when close over- enough and you realize that that goalie's going to outguess you, I mean, and there is a point. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to marry Lemieux on a breakaway, Yeah, but there comes a point where you're going to run out of real estate. The one way you'll never run out of real estate is to try to shoot the puck. It's 
especially yeah. if that's what it is. I mean, there's times guys want to burn a goalie and they, you know, jock straps hanging in the rafters, <laughs> and uh, everybody's all wild, like, whoa, what a goal! And you talk about it for three days, but ultimately, it's the same thing if the puck just goes in, and it's going to have as good a shot chance going in if you can find a, a, you know, a leaky goalie in the shootout than you are trying to dangle a guy and win a 50-50, essentially guessing game. Yeah. You mentioned a, a jockstrap hanging in the rafters. Yes. Can we can we take a break from the hockey talk for a second to let people know what, what we freaked out about early in the game was the first period. We looked over here and <laughs> what was that? I don't I don't know if everybody can see. If you're watching, th- there's these rafters up here and there's this catwalk that you can go across. But there's like a cross beam that has nothing on it. There like I'm looking right now at where we saw a guy during the first period. And it wasn't the catwalk where you have the, the railings on both sides. It's just a cross beam. Like, it was like a beam. Like you could see the one beam, and the guy was like hanging on there. He looked like uh, he, was, he was sitting up there. He was sitting up there. He looked like Rambo was going to jump out of a tree. He did. Seriously, yeah, he, like, he, did. I mean, um, he did. And, and I'm like, like, freak, I'm freaking out. It's not like I think it's a security risk. I'm just like, who is this guy? You can see he, he like works in, in Wells Fargo Center. But I'm like, what is he doing? And then we kind of looked at each other, and, and I'm like, does he have a cable on? Like, I'm thinking about it. No. It always comes back to wrestling, right? So I'm thinking, like, oh, Sting. You know, WCW just comes out. On. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then we realize, oh, there's another guy feeding him the cable across to then pick Gritty up. So you might have seen the clip going around of Gritty with, like, the, the long skirt on. But it freaked us out for a second. I've never seen somebody without a t- – I don't think he had it. If he had a tether, I didn't see it. I didn't. I've never seen somebody go out onto – that crossbeam, it freaked me out. I, they have a great catwalk in San Jose that you got to cross to do radio. It's and it's it's built for like the pad, like it's safe, it's secure. And we have to. I used to have to go across with Saunders when I did radio, and, and I froze up on it one night. Yeah, I literally, literally was like, just look it up. I'm like, and it was and it was safe, but this guy here, he was like Spider Man. It was freaky. Oh, I love this. I'm guessing you pulled this one I, up. I did for Jerry Martin. First game he was able to catch all season due to being deployed. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you, service. Thank you so much. Uh, I'd come home to a hell of a storm with the trade in the first game I get to watch. Nice way to get the ticker going. But Jerry, that's awesome. That's awesome, Welcome Jerry. back to Flyers Hockey. Jerry, and you're you, in the right place watching post game. And if you come down to Wells Fargo Center for a game, come find us. We're outside of the Snow the Goalie Sportsbook all the way out. Love to give you a handshake. Thank you for your That'd service be great. in person. Thank you. So, um, lot, lots of stuff. There you go. Like Matthew Benick wishing the guy, you know, happy welcome back here. We have a lot of love with our Snow the Goalie team. Oh, my gosh. It's the best. It it's, is the absolute best. We take care of each other. Mm-hmm. Everyone watches each other's backs, and that's what we, we love. We're a team here. Yep, I agree. It, it's funny because, in a way. Good job tonight, start... my friend. See you next game. Yep. There we go. That's our organ. Um, we're right next it's to one the of organ the... up here. We love that guy. Too. I think it's one of the things that, that's, like, the nicest part of what we're doing here and the fact that we're kind of, like, building. We've, we've always kind of built a community of people here. Yep. But like you can see, I mean we can see the number from all the platforms right now, but like every game it gets bigger and bigger and one of the things that I think we sh- we all kind of take pride in is that people kind of play off each other nicely. It, yep. it really does feel like there's a, a good group of people. I will remind you that there are events coming up March 16th. That's after the Clearwater trip which we talked about a bunch where we do the spring training game followed by the Flyers game March 7th to the 10th phillysportstrips.com. On March 16th, we're doing a, an event at La Cecilia down in Oxford, which is technically Chester County. Somebody tried to fact check us okay. on that in the first intermission. But we're going to do the Press Road Show. We're going to have tickets available on shop.snowthegoalie.com later this week. It's going to be a huge Italian buffet. Really? It's the Flyers versus Bruins. We're going to have a, have a fun time. I will be playing in the alumni game, and uh, that will be 
not this Friday, uh, no, two Fridays from, mm-hmm. from tomorrow, So yeah. uh, from, from this Friday. So come on down. Uh, I actually heard a rumor. This is kind of scared the, you know, right out of me. The bejesus out but of I heard, me. But I heard there's a rumor going around that Bergeron and Chara are playing for Boston. Stop. It's like, get out of here. There's no way. You, you can't even, do Even that. Johnny looked at me and goes, come on. You can't do like, that. Like, sorry, boys. You need to be out of the league for three years before you come and play in an alumni game. That's, you, can, you can't do Imagine that. Big Z out there. That's a violation. I played against him for many years, but I mean, that's like, good Lord, man. Yeah, we can't have Bersh? The guy was almost won the Selkie last year. We don't need him in an alumni game. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all either, Russ. You think, don't have to listen, play. No, I, better, better that does that that uh, that's how it works. Um, can I? So, I'm I'm upset right now. So Chara, I could see he's been out of the league for for a little bit, for a little. Chara was played last year in the island. Wow. He played, but did he play? He played. He was in the did league. He, he still practiced he was, every day. He was in the league. All right, well. He was tangentially in the league. I could see, but he also doesn't, he's not fleet of foot. I should just have you have him put you in his pocket. Dude, he <laughs> go around. You'd be like one of those kangaroos in his pouch. He'd <laughs> <laughs> be falling around. <laughs> but Bergeron's not fair. That should not be, he, he should be on at least like a five-year ban. There has to be a, 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 a longer waiting period for him. Um, all right, let's see. We're just waiting. It's, it sounds like there might be a player uh, that's going to hang out with Ant, do an interview. So we'll, we'll hang out here with the people for a little bit longer and see if that comes to fruition or not. And if not, we'll put it on the YouTube channel. Um, which, by the gonna, way, we will not be here all night. We're going to give him till t- we're going to sign off at 10.15 if we can. He'll that's be exactly right. Minutes. And whether Anthony gets it or not, we will post the torts presser. We usually get yep. that. And, uh, but yeah, we're not we're not Let's, waiting. Wait, time. hold on, pause. What's the date of the Flyers Bruins alumni game? Twenty sixth of January. January. Yes. And I said March sixteenth for the event. For something that we're doing with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then when you said I'll be playing in the alumni game, I was like, well, hold on a second, that doesn't line up. the The dates aren't the same. All right, I I wasn't on the same wavelength as you there for a second. I was very worried. It's like I didn't remember the alumni game being in. No, mid-March. It's in, no, it's, okay. it's, okay. and that's Mark Rucky, of course. Uh, the, the highlight of the weekend will be Mark, uh, you know, being inducted into the Flyers Hall of Fame. So that'll be a, a great weekend, and we're excited. About Where that. does Rucky rank on your all-time Flyers list? One of, he... one of my favorites and one of the best. Like, I, I love Mark Rucky as a teammate, as a person. He was one of my favorites, and um, he was a great hockey player. Smart, good guy in the room. Like, I mean, you're not going to find one guy say a bad word about Mark Rucky. Never. Yeah. Love him. Gamer, winner. I mean, he played forever. If you had to go out for one last shift, go back to your playing days, and you can concoct a lineup of guys that you played with, games on the line. Is Recky on that? Is he on the ice for that last shift? Probably, yeah. yeah. I'd have to, that's, a, that's a tough question because I'd really have to go digging in my, my, my memory bank. But, yeah, I would say he's probably there, yeah. I would say so. Sounds like a good thought. Highest scoring flyer in a single season in the history of the team. That sounds like a good thought experiment for later this week when we do a regular episode of Snow the Goalie, where, by the way, the Bundy Bombs will be back, baby. It's been a while. It's been a while since people have had the Bundy Bombs. They're, like, building up in you. Isn't it nice just to cover hockey tonight? It is. (laughs) Yeah. The other other night was so insane, and I think the funniest part of it was when when we got done, we all kind of looked at each other. I think we all kind of felt tired, right? Like, there was a... There was the, the adrenaline rush as things were happening throughout the night. And by the time we got to the end of the night, it was exhausted. Just like, you just like, 
you're you're on this roller coaster. It does feel good to to break down some hockey. Would would we have preferred better hockey tonight? Yes, quite possibly. Do you yeah. take the win though? You do. I take the win. You always take. I always take, take the, the win. win. Uh, let's see. Rob Greeley says a dozen of hard boiled eggs in Bundy's hockey pants during the All Star yeah, well, in the I, alumni game. If, if I'm going to be the spirit of, of fairness, yes, you could put the twelve. See it, Timmy. Uh, you could put the twelve eggs in my pants. And there's a really good chance they ain't going to get cracked. <laughs> All right. Not going to play physical in that alumni game, huh? I, I mean, if someone wants to bump me, I'm, I'm, I'm not running anybody over. That. Even we were talking, like, there's three guys talking about the alumni game. LeClaire's one of me. He's like, man, I tell you what, I ain't going that hard in this thing. Everybody now is at, like, that point where you're thinking, like, okay. Because the problem is, is your brain still thinks that you're able to do the same things, but your body just can't do it yeah. anymore. Joe Watson's playing again. We had a retirement I'm- game for him two years ago, but he's back. He said the Bruins are his team, and he wouldn't miss it for the world. I'm just thinking about this, though. So, okay. But bye, Mary Jane. Yeah, your, your he brain, can play whatever your, he wants. Your brain is telling you what you can do, and your body's telling you that you can't do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. As you're getting ready to go out and to take the ice, is there a part of you that's like, yes, all right, like conceptually, I don't want to run anybody over. I don't want to go for a hit, miss, or have something happen, and then you're taking it into the boards where, as, a, as an active player, you bounce right back. As as this version of yourself, I don't know. I like dove in an alumni game two years ago. Like literally, <laughs> it was a loose puck, and I dove behind the net with my stick and poked it. And then I got up, and I'm like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, I got serious problems. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's bad, man. Yep. <laughs> you can get really hurt in these games. We got Matt Bennick. Saying that uh, already has the tickets for the alumni game. Oh, good, good. So there you go. And uh, wants to know if there's a chance to meet you, Bundy. Of course, Matt. Matt's a great fan, and it'd be my absolute pleasure. Matt absolute was here pleasure. the other night. He wasn't. That's the game I wasn't feeling. And it was well, the yeah. it was the game that you were sick. But it's okay. It's okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> We've got some people uh, putting together quite the. Uh... All right, I'll I'll pull this one up. This is like all the guys who didn't suit up or like barely suited up for the flyer. <laughs> Patrick centering Gautier and Laterra, Ryan Ellison. <laughs> we didn't have Hamhuis, did we? No, remember they traded for his rights? Sam Talbot's an all-star. Yeah. His name's on there. We yeah. got to find a better one than Cam Talbot. Wow. Um, Who was okay. the guy that played the one game? Let's, let's go obscure. Was, there was a guy that played one game in net a goalie, like, and we were in Winnipeg. Not, Someone year, this is like six, seven years ago, maybe. Not Pickard. No, no, no. It wasn't Cal Pickard. This guy was like, I'm telling you, man, they, they found this guy in parts unknown. And it was, um, it was, it let's was. On, the, let's see if the people can get it. In let's the, see uh, if the people get. It. The guy played his first game was in Winnipeg, and I remember Zepp. That's it. Rob Zepp. Rob Zepp. First person to get it. Rob Greeley. You win a prize. I don't know what the prize is, but we'll you win a prize. We'll figure out that prize. It yeah. wasn't. It was Rob Zepp. Yeah. I was, don't remember the name Rob Zepp. Was that the one? That's the guy who played in Winnipeg his first game, and I remember thinking to myself, like, this is a great story, but my God. <laughs> Um, hey, here's a good question. Rob Greeley asks, will Pronger ever play in an alumni game? Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll shoot him a text, see if he wants to play one of these years. I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, I wonder if alumni games actually get to a point where they're just, <laughs> certain guys don't play. In them. Yeah. Like, well, I haven't heard of Gretz playing in a, an alumni game. Pronger, I mean, you, I don't know how often you talk to Pronger. But Once in a he, while. he seems like he's been doing better. Like the the lasting yeah. effects of yeah. Yeah. of what ended his career. I think, I think he's doing a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can't imagine that he would want to risk it though. 
Yeah, I mean, what's well, I mean, the what point, the hell right? do I know? But like, you know. he's made a ton of money, and uh, you know, he's you know, he's won a heart trophy and yeah. won a cup. So. Uh, Chris Chris uh, says Bundy better get skating <laughs> to shut down Bergeron in two weeks. Uh, you know what? There's, I'm just not going to be gapping up, Russ. <laughs> there's not, there's not going to be a lot of gap. We're gonna. I think. I think uh, the only Bergeron you might be able to stop right now is Tom Bergeron. Tom Remember Bergeron. Tom? Remember Tom Bergeron, yeah, yeah. the host? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. You're going you're gonna to mess up Bergeron. You're so, going to mess his day up. So we're just uh, treading water here. It's 10-15, and uh, what do you think, Russ? We, what do you think, group? I'm going to shoot a really quick message here to intern Andrew and ask him. Like, what's the deal? Because ha- you know what's going to happen. We're going to sign off, and then intern Andrew is going to send us a, a message, and he's going to say, oh, he's right there. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Before we head out of here. Oh, you know, here's another one. Yager technically is not an active NHL player, but he's still playing. Could Yager qualify to play in an alumni game? And I, I wouldn't think it would be for this team, but like he's, st- he's still playing, just not here. Who, Yager? Yeah. You can bring him back for a game someday. Do you think he would count himself as an alumnus, though, since know. he's still playing? Uh, probably not. I think you have to be like kind of done. It's hard to call yourself an alumni when you're still uh, playing on the team. That's, that's, that's my thought. That's my thought. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, Torts is going right now, and then they're getting they're getting the player afterward. As of right now, the plan is that intern Andrew and and uh, Anthony will have Travis Sanheim post game, which is going to be nice. Drysdale was going to be like the main attraction down there in the locker room, mm-hmm. as everybody knows, because first game very exciting. So Ant went. Well, why don't I go get Travis Sanheim, who played sure. a lot with him and has been playing with him since he got into town. So we'll have Sanheim, hopefully with some good insight on what it was like to play with Drysdale. We're here post-game with uh, Travis Sanheim after the Flyers' victory over the Montreal Canadiens. Travis, you guys get off to a, a little bit of a slow start. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, you know, the, the team's mentality of just sticking with it and being able to kind of really control the game from that point forward? Yeah, um, I mean, we like their first period. I think just a couple breakdowns. We get forward in front of the net, uh, having the box guys out, and um, just some redirects that uh, end up in the back of our net. But I thought, uh, I thought the first period we, we were pretty good for the most part. Um, control most of the play most of the night, um, and just try to stay with it. Obviously, down two nothing is not ideal, but um, we felt good about our game and uh, stuck with it. And, but it's important when you get down to nothing to kind of just stick with the program there, right? I mean, because if you don't, the game can maybe go in a completely different direction. Yeah, exactly. That was the message. You, you don't want to um, get too far away and, and get off page and um, just stay with it. Uh, we've done it all year. Uh, continue to keep fighting, keep battling, keep uh, playing our game, and things tend to, to uh, go in our direction. And, um, you know, we get one there in the first and uh, kind of settle things down a bit. You, you had the opportunity to be the guy who got to play mostly with uh, with Jamie Drysdale. Can you talk a little bit about him and, and what he's like out there as a, as a partner? Yeah, pretty easy guy to play with. Um, you know, he makes a lot of some nice, subtle plays and a uh, really good skater, gets up the ice, likes to join in just like I do. And uh, I thought we uh, played pretty well together, um, created a few chances and used our legs when we could. And uh, I thought it was a good, uh, good pair. This run-and-gun offense is really kind of beneficial for a guy with his abilities. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think you're going to continue to see him you know, develop as we go and, and get more familiar with, with the group, with our systems, uh, the way that we like to play, and any, any 
you can fit right in. Three games in a row, power play goal. You guys, the power play starting to come around a little bit. Can you just kind of talk about what you guys, maybe you're doing a little bit differently over the last four or five games? Yeah, hopefully building a little bit of confidence there, um, knowing that we can uh, put a couple in. Um, maybe guys will, uh, you know, stop slipping their sticks so much and, and uh, just play. And we got so many skilled guys that uh, can make plays and, you know, hopefully you know, it takes a little bit of pressure off and we can just uh, continue to keep playing. Last one for me, Sam Person has, it's a, it's a tough game for a goalie when he sees two shots in the first period. Obviously didn't make a save there because yeah. they both go in. Um, and then limited chances the rest of the game but to, to see the puck. But he makes a huge save three minutes ago in regulation and then big save in the, in the overtime and then doesn't give up anything in the shootout. Just how difficult that is for a goalie, A, and then B, you know, how he keeps coming through time and time again for you guys. Yeah, uh, he's been great all year. Obviously, unfortunate the, the first two are redirects. He, yeah. he doesn't really have a chance and then uh, just stays with it, just like the rest of our group. And uh, didn't see a lot of action throughout the, the first portion of the game. And then uh, comes up big press when we need him. Uh, and I mean, you're obviously gonna have to ask him how, how that is. Uh, how he handled that, but uh, he did a great job for us tonight and that came up big again in the show. Travis Sandheim, thanks for joining us in the post game. Yeah, thank you. Uh, big thank you to everybody who tuned in live. Just big to give you an idea, the Flyers, so you know, uh, they play Friday night at the Wild at 8. Yep. And they play uh, at the Jets at 7 p.m. Eastern time um, the next day. Okay. Um, so we're probably looking at doing a Sunday morning. I think to so. recap the two, yeah, that's what we're probably going to do, and then fair. they uh, will have a couple days off before they head to a St. Louis. I'm thinking that we'll probably do a regular episode of the show on Friday, maybe Friday, possibly Friday. It, it's Thursday or Friday, so I'm yeah. thinking probably Friday. Anyway, it won't be tomorrow. We'll put we'll put that out on social media. We want to get a regular episode of Snow the Goalie, and there's a lot of stuff happening across the league. We had some other things that we wanted to kind of expand on that we talked about earlier tonight. So keep an eye peeled over on Twitter at Snow the Goalie, Instagram at Snow the Goalie, and Facebook.com slash at Snow the Goalie. And don't forget, over at shop.snowthegoalie.com, lots of great merch, including the new Quitter Gautier shirt. Those have been flying off the shelves, the, wrong, the virtual shelves. It's great. You can't do that. Nothing, nothing brings Philadelphia together more than a traitor. That's Someone who does not want to play in yeah. this town. It unites us all. I will it doesn't say, matter what sport. It's amazing how that happens in Philadelphia. I will say for the record, pregame, we disavowed all of the awful things oh, that, that were said that were said to Kevin Hayes and yeah, his family. That's and all ridiculous. Because that. yeah. that was all insane. Of course. That's I will terrible. say this as well. Let's go on the record with this. Cutter Gautier was quoted in an article that was run by the Philadelphia Inquirer and then was on like the thing that the Ducks did, and he said that the reason for him not wanting to play in Philadelphia, all that, was a personal thing between him and his family and his agent. He's not going to expand on it. And I will say this. If it truly is a serious personal thing, if it's a family-related thing, illness, whatever, whatever it is, we wish him all we the best. We wish you the best, yeah. We and do. I mean that, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think mean, it's just important it's that true. we say that. Yeah, I, I do think it is. Yeah. Hopefully that, that is the case and that it, you know, it's a, an actual thing. But no matter what, the guy that they got back, a heck of a first a, impression he's made. He's a player. He's a player. And that's something that we can all agree on as we roll out. Everybody have a great night. We will be back later this week and then again this weekend with the Morning After Recap. So for Bundy, for Ant, and intern Andrew, I'm Russ. We will talk to all of you very, very soon.